Yo soy, yo soy, yo soy Antonio, and it is a great Wednesday. We are one day away from being one day away. One day away from being one day away. One day away from being one day away. I'm really proud of that. Brian, what are we one day away from? We are one day away from... Being one day away. We're one day away from a Sweet 16 party. Which makes us one day away from... A Sweet 16 victory. Well, but we're one day away from being one day away, so we're one day away from being one day away from the Final Four is what this is. Think about it here. Sean Sinclair, have you considered that for this basketball team that we've feuded with and warred with and fought with and been bored by and all year long? And here we are, brother. And I'm hoping the baseball team drags us through a similar journey because they've been maddening so far, Cinco. Well, with the basketball team, I'm not getting ahead of it. I'm just uh, I'm still enjoying their performance against Duke and uh, – I uh, hope they put their best performance to date against uh, FAU, and then we'll go from there. You know, and guys, I've been trying to not let, like, the outside noise staying off the social media. I didn't realize Jay Billis has been bitching about the Vols being hatchet men, Bri. I, I didn't realize that was a big narrative, that Tennessee fouled their way into this deal and... Um, um, cheap shotted their way into the Sweet 16. I mean, the, the Duke people aren't playing nicely here, Bri. No, but uh, Mike Krzyzewski came on and said he was very complimentary of Tennessee's team and their effort against them on Saturday, and he didn't seem to echo that sentiment. But what about what about Jay Billis saying that what the Vols did is football and it's not college basketball? And I just think that's really interesting. Haven't they won enough? You know, I, I well, got to the I got to listen to the John Shire and the three freshmen talk afterwards, and I was I was extremely impressed by the class they showed. Um, they didn't give any kind of hint of that. Uh, Shire was very complimentary of the way Tennessee played. Did not mention. I mean, they someone talked about physicality, and he just not even brushed it off. It was just. Tennessee played better and uh, deserved the win and did a lot of good things. So, you know, I think that if you take a look at it, don't you really have to? Uh, you have to say that Jay Billis was not criticizing Tennessee, but he's criticizing the refs because half that game seemingly was spent at the monitor with those refs, quality refs. I'm guessing. Yep. That have done a lot of tournament games, Final Four games. Yep. They spend an inordinate amount of time, in my opinion, over there trying to find something flagrant, and they couldn't. So I don't know what he's beefing about. I just think it's really interesting. I just think the reaction to Tennessee. See, I, I just think that at the end, I think at the end of the day, the Glitterati does not want the Vols there. The Glitterati wanted Duke there. And the Glitterati believed the hype on Duke. And, and and a lot of people just didn't believe. They they did not believe 
that Duke was going to uh, hold up against Tennessee and because they play in a league that's a lot less physical. And, you know, if you want to make the comparison, make the comparison, but it's almost like football. And if you stop and think about it for a second, the ACC is a lot more of a finesse league than the Southeastern Conference. The Southeastern Conference is more of an athlete's league. The Southeastern Conference in basketball is more of an athlete's league, if you look at it. And those Duke kids, just in retrospect, I was on a plaster yesterday talking to Watson Brown. And, you know, one of the things that Watson Brown was saying that's very true is the Duke kids just didn't want it. They just didn't want to be on the floor with that level of physical play. I just think it's interesting. I, I guess I missed the Jay Billis piece. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in him. I mean, who am I to be disappointed in him? But that's a little disappointing that that would be his, uh, that would, that would be his tack instead of saying, hey, you know what, which is what I'm saying, by all means necessary. What if you, you have to go out there and put it on it? FAU, if you got to go out there and put it on FAU Thursday and knock them on the ground, go out there and knock them on the ground. When was um, Duke's last Final Four? Uh, you're asking me and Sean. We couldn't, Brian. I couldn't tell you that in a million well, years. Well, I'm just going to say this: they haven't been in a while, and they're coming off a 21 season where they didn't even make the tournament. And last year, well, actually, they made it last year, but they got punked by North Carolina. They they went to the Final Four last year, Brian. Yeah, they did, and they got punked by. So North that was their last twice. Final Four. So in, that in in uh, in case. So uh, in other words, in other words, they're pretty regal. They went to the Final Four. Yeah. Now they weren't supposed to go to the Final Four last year, which is another story here. Which is now that we're getting closer to this game. Like somebody asked me yesterday, I was walking in the park playing mandolin, and somebody asked me yesterday how the ball is going to do, and I said I don't know, and they said I'm worried about the game, and I said so am I. So I'm going to ask you today at 865-200-5402, what's going to happen tomorrow? And today we're going to get a chance to talk. Cause tomorrow we're going to be, John Adams is going to be in here, which means somebody gets a word in edgewise. He's presented by Senior Solving Seniors. Thank and you. then uh, Matt Dixon, who's very wordy. And then we're going to have some guests tomorrow as well, including Maury Hanks. Nobody gets a word in edgewise. And, and, so, uh, and we're going to have somebody from FAU as well. And whatnot. I saw FAU's head coach today on ESPN, and, hey, he's a smart guy. He continues to say we need the game called like a basketball game and not a football game, which, Sean, I have no problem with that. I think that's, a, I think that's being a smart head coach, fighting for your team in the moment, recognizing and understanding that we need the game called a certain way or we're not going to have a chance with our size. Could be, or... It could play. It could play in the minds of his players, thinking that every time they go up into the lane, they're going to get their heads taken. Well, that's another good point. So, I mean, you know, it's. I think you know what I, I, I want to say about you know you said you said a couple times today Duke people. The only Duke person that I've heard talk about is Billis. Uh, in fact, during that press conference, Shire was asked about the loss of his Martin or something like that, and immediately he said, "Well, Tennessee was missing Zakai Ziegler, so." That's not a big deal. Um, I find it very interesting, but you know, you take a look. If you if you wrap up your whole mindset with the way it's going to be called or uh, et cetera, you're going to take yourself out of the game. Perfect example is the Vols going to Missouri last year, and they 
as soon as they put on that extra couple layers of clothing, they'd lost. They absolutely lost because they. Are you talking about last week's series? They're cold at their will to beat them, not Missouri. The last week's series, you mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep, this past weekend. It was just, they didn't, you talk about didn't want to be there. Those kids did not want to be there. And I, and I think the, I'm not going to challenge their wanting to win because I don't believe that, but I believe they let the cold defeat them. Yeah, it's a perfect example of how the outside influences can pop in on you and create some. That's a really good point, Sean. That's a really good point. So Tennessee being the bad guy here is really kind of fun. I sort of enjoy this. I sort of enjoy being the bad guy. Tomorrow night's game is really interesting because you have a team that can really shoot the ball well uh, compared to the rest of college basketball. Which uh, today, somebody tweeted out uh, the following, because I'm already compiling stuff for tomorrow's blog. It's what we do during the day. Um, Jeff Goodman tweeted out, Overall three-point shooting in the NCAA tournament entering the entering um, um, tomorrow's uh, games will be is 30.6%, which he says is embarrassing. And that is an embarrassing number. 30.6%. And what Tennessee needs to do is they need to figure out a way to get to keep FAU in the low 30s and keep them high to the high 30s. Because if they get in the high 30s, that's going to be a rough game for us. be a tough game to win if they get in the high 30s. That means they're going to score a lot of points because they're going to shoot. Brian, how many three balls are they going to shoot tomorrow? 20, 28, 29? I mean, they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. It's what they do. I think another key is you're going to, if you're going to shoot that many threes, you're going to have a lot of long rebounds. Yep. And if we're going to have guys clustered all up in the paint trying to take advantage of size, ball's just going to come back out as if a manager's just sitting there feeding those kids. So, you know, got a lot to work with. Hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully uh, Kamwa has a, a good rebound game. I, uh, I, th- I think I've seen too much that uh, he has peaks and valleys. But if he can have a good game, then I think um, I think it bodes well for us. How the ball is going to play tomorrow? Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Also, there's a brand new edition of Short Porch uh, with uh, the great Matt Dixon that has dropped regarding Tennessee's baseball series in Como. The uh, football team is underway with spring practice. And Nico running fourth string to start to start the spring, which is uh, really kind of comical. But hey, I'm for a little comedy, and I'm for doing bets. Tennessee a football team in 2024. Sean Sinclair asked for it; he got his wish. Sean, you got your wish. The Duke's Mayo Classic. It's one thing to. Want to go play in the Duke's Mayo Bowl? The Duke's Mayo Classic. Are you guys big mayonnaise people? No, sir. Are you, I'm Brian? Not no, but I, not I don't eat sandwiches. Duke, the mayonnaise, if I open mayonnaise up and I smell that, it gives me a, I don't know what it does. It gives me a feeling like I'm about to blow. Let's go to the phones. 
But anyway, we're opening 2024 against North Carolina State over in a pro stadium. Can, can we do a position statement here on the show right now and come to an agreement that college football should be played in college football stadiums, which I mentioned that to Watson Brown yesterday, and he goes, man, you're preaching to the choir. And, and my point is, if I wanted to go watch professional football I'd go, in a pro stadium, I'd go watch professional football in a professional stadium. College football should be played on college campuses unless you're playing in a bowl game. Should be scheduling second week of regular season games, which is what that one is, in a pro stadium. It's a money grab. Absolute money grab. And then putting your fans, play the game in your campus or play it on their campus, which is a really nice little stadium they play in over there. Do a home-and-home with them if you're that hot to play NC State. What do you think, Bri? Yeah, I... I uh, think it'd be neat to go to Raleigh and play a college football game there. They played in Charlotte before. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything real special about playing a game in Charlotte. They play over there in 2017 to start the Pru Pru era. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, West Virginia. West Virginia over there in that stadium. And there was a rain delay. <laughs> With no rain the and no light. Error is what that was. The proper error. Yeah, the first play of the game, there was like a fumbled snap or something, and we lost like 10 yards. <laughs> so this year we're playing in Nashville. Why, I don't know. But we're playing Virginia down there. Why? I don't know. I hate this stuff. They need to get away from this. Cinco, what do you make of it? Well, you know, the Virginia Tech game was pretty cool. Uh, some, You know, I remember playing NC State with Cordero Patterson down in Atlanta. That was pretty cool. Um, would have rather have it at UT, sure. But uh, I'll say this. Uh, someone had said or I would read lately that we have two basketball teams in Sweet 16 Hey, hey, Sean, 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 you're not, no, 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 don't do that to me. I'm not being negative on Danny White. I hate, I hate playing college games in pro stadiums. It's stupid. It's not college. Okay. Don't, don't do that, Sean. Don't turn that over on me. Okay. I love you, but don't do that to me. That's not fair to me. Come on now. We have two, two basketball teams in the Sweet 16. Okay, fine. That's great. Should be playing college football games in pro stadiums. Period. End of sentence. Come on now. Be fair to your boy Tony B. There's enough piling on of me for, that goes are, on. Are you, still for, are you still for Army Navy playing in Philadelphia? Well, what does that have to do with anything? What are you talking about? A college football game played in the Oh, State? Sean. Oh, God, that's embarrassing. That's terrible. But if you want to contrarian it up, contrarian it up. It's fine. I was looking for a position statement, but, Brian, we can't have a position statement now today. We have a dissenter. Did- no, 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 no. We have a dissenter in the ranks, Bry. We have a dissenter in the ranks. We can't have a can't have a position statement. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I guess we could have two conversations about, you know, not everything that an AD does we agree with, even though when th- even when things are going well. Well, I'll say this, and, and Sean brought this up. Schools to win a New Year's Day six BCS college football playoff game. Since 98 and have both men's and women's basketball teams in the Sweet 16 in the same school year. 2022, 
23 Tennessee, 2012-2013 Louisville, 2010-2011 Ohio State. That's as good as it gets. Only three programs in the past 25 years have done that. So Sean is right on, on that front. But that doesn't absolve us playing uh, the, the NC State deal. I mean, that's ridiculous. Who, who, in the hell, who the hell cares about that? Well, I'll be honest. I, you know, a game against NC State doesn't really move my needle that much anyway. Well, how about the Virginia game? They're literally at the bottom of. Yeah, that's, that's those ACC. What are you yeah, doing? I, I I'd rather. I don't know. Plus, it's the playoff era. You're, you're in the playoff era now. Now, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, that would be more, that would be something I'd look more forward to. But. How about that, Cinco? New Year's Day 6, BCS college football playoff game, and then two teams in the Sweet 16. What do you think? I thought I wasn't doing that to you. I'm confused here. Excuse me? Am I the the outlier, or what am I doing here? What do you mean? I'm, I'm for it. 865-200-5402. Tennessee and FAU tomorrow. Sean, are you, um, just a matter of speaking here, because we're on track them all year, all the stuff we're doing presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. Are you um, concerned about our baseball team? Not at all. Somewhere in the middle. Where are you right now when you look at these guys? No, I'm encouraged because uh, you certainly don't want to start 0-3, but those kids definitely are listening to the coaches right now. That was humiliating. It was not about how they were coached. It was not about sending base runners to third base. It was not about it. It was all about them not having a Drew Gilbert or someone out there to ramp them up, and those kids – have the fancy cleats they have the home run celebrations they have the double you know lay down put your hands on your face whatever that is they've got all those and that was all established by players that are not there now and so you know it's three first round draft pick pitchers that got on the mound and just looked awful so um it's a long season it's kind of, I would equate it to kind of like the Kentucky series last year. Um, but, you know, I, if, if we're looking for a repeat of last year, I think there are going to be a lot of people disappointed. Uh, but, no, I'm not concerned about this team. You have too many good pitchers and too many good hitters. We'll see. But uh, I think uh, I don't think Vitello would have drawn it up like that last week. But I guarantee you on Monday, he, I'm sure there were a lot of big eyes looking up at him in a team meeting. What did you make of uh, the lineup last night? Oh, I think he's probably sending a message. Noah Huna. We can lose without you. Yeah, Noah Huna in the starting lineup. And actually, he had had one of the better weekends. I know, it's really interesting, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So well, he made a he made a comment last night that was pretty interesting to me. He said, mm-hmm. he said, you know, we had guys that go up to Missouri and had to sit there in the cold, and they didn't even get to play, and they had to watch that. So I, I think I think he's sending messages. He's a um, he's a great recruiter. 
he is a great CEO of his program. But I think, and he's a, he's a quite the celebrity um, with the way he carries himself, the way he looks. But I think he's a sneaky good manager as well. And I think that um, I think that he's doing some real coaching right now. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Yeah, I think Evan Russell was um, he was upset by the body language and how wrapped up they were on Friday. He said, "When I turned that thing on on Friday, I thought these guys are what are these guys doing?" And boy, we were that worried about the cold. He said, and "I can't believe they let him dress like that." Which is another good point. He said, and I would have thought they would have come out in t-shirts uh, on uh, or short sleeve shirts on Sunday and said, "You're that worried about the cold? Now you're really going to be cold." Well, you know these 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 elite players are fine tuned athletes. I mean, we've all mm-hmm. played sports, but not certainly not me. Mm-hmm. Very few people have played at that level and have been. Potential first round picks, mm-hmm. Burks, Burks a first round pick potential, Christian Moore, those and the pitchers. But everything's got to be just in tune for you to be that elite. And if you start putting an extra layer of clothes on, if you start thinking about how cold you are, you're not the same player. And you can tell even that Dolander, he didn't want to be out there. And they had, with all due respect, I'm you know I'm from Kansas City. I, I, I like Missouri a little bit, but those, that team's not better than Tennessee. They played better. They wanted to be there, but they're not better than Tennessee. But that's what can that's that's the mental part of sports, right there. Uh yes. One other thing to throw in the pot here. Yesterday we ranked over on tclub.team website. Myself and Y, we sat down and just kind of did it. And we rank Tennessee um, eight out of the 16 teams that are in the field. Which, Bri, you thought was fair or no? Where where were you on that? About right? Somewhere in the middle? Yeah. I uh, I saw Pat Forty had him ranked 15th, and I'm yeah. surprised. He had him ranked 48th last week, and I thought that's quite a jump in uh, just a few days. So Pat Forty that's impressive. hates you people. You know, I think uh, what they should do is let the team read every single Pat Forty article. He hates the Twidiots. He hates our our Twidiots live in his head. How could Tennessee possibly be fifteenth in this field? Now they could be somewhere in the middle of the of the sixteen teams left, but fifteenth. Well, he made a very interesting response to that. He said, "Well, I, I watched him in person against Ole Miss in Missouri, and I'm like, so you forgot about the fact they beat." Three of the teams you have, they beat the team you have ranked number one, and they beat the team you have ranked number three, and you beat they beat the team you have ranked number eleven. They beat all three of those teams decisively, but they're the fifteenth best team here. He writes one of the bottom five teams in this one through sixteen ranking is going to the Elite Eight. With the Volunteers facing Florida Atlantic, there are reasons to like Tennessee in the spot, reasons to dislike them. What's the like? The Vols are less likely to freak out. Upon arrival in New York City, having already played there this season and been one of the most prominent teams in the country from November onward. They're absolutely vicious defensively, big, relentless, discouraging opponents from even trying to score inside. And they actually made some shots Saturday against Duke. What's not to like? Hitting hitting threes and free throws two games in a row could be a reach. So could a second straight monster performance from Olivia Kumwa who tends to follow big games with quiet ones. 
Five previous times he scored 20 or more, he averaged 7.4 the next game. Tightly officiated game could put FAU on the line all game. A lack of a point guard remains an issue and could bite you at any time. The only team he has below the Vols is uh, is Princeton. Now, look, some of the things he says about Tennessee, those are accurate statements. But there's no way they're 15 out of 16. The guy's just gigging our fan base at this point, which I guess is good work if you can get it. I think that's I think that's a ridiculous take. I mean, how, how could how could FAU get to the line that much? That would imply that we're going to foul a bunch of three pointers. That's right, or a bunch yeah, of little guys. We will go we will go over them, and there's there's no sense for. Uh, any of our big guys to throttle their big guys, they don't need to. And they're that's, so that's, that's they're ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, what is, no. I, I must have missed where he said, you know, that you had an off game from Triple J. You didn't have a great game from, uh, you know, really anyone else. So that's a that's that sounds like a guy that threw out a bad take and is trying to live with it. Where do you have him, Bry? The previous week, give me that again. Come with that again. I think he had him like forty seventh or forty eighth out of the 60, 68 teams. He ranked them. So I mean, they what? Made, they made what? Whoa, 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 what? What? And they're still giving this guy a column? Do what? He had him ranked, I think, forty eight. What? Out of the sixty four or sixty eight teams that were started the field. I'll tell you another one of these. With. I'll tell you one other one of these private school. No offense to you if you went to a private school. I love you. I'm all for you. I went to a private school growing up. Went to a small Catholic school. but I'll tell you another one of these private schools, smug. This guy probably went to Sidwell in Washington. Seth Davis, son of Lanny Davis. The only reason he's there is because he's Lanny Davis' son, and he called the president of CBS and said, do something with my son. That is one smug, lost basketball analyst. We wrote it down. On uh, Selection Sunday, before Selection Sunday, that smug son of a gun said the following. College of Charleston to the Sweet 16, who won 31 games. They look like a bunch of me's out there. Totally unathletic. Totally unathletic. There's no way that team was getting to the Sweet 16. I don't care who they drew. Uh, eh. UC Santa Barbara winning a game in a tourney. Eh. Drake to the Sweet 16. VCU winning in the first round. Duke to the Elite Eight. The only thing he got right was Furman over Virginia, Bry. And that's only because he hates uh, Virginia so much because he's a Dukey. Dukey Davis. He also said Louisiana was going to beat Tennessee. He couldn't wait. Oh, that's right. That's right. So that's another buzzer beater. So this guy is related. That's what he is. I mean, imagine thinking that Louisiana team was going to beat the Vols. We played as badly as we could possibly play and still beat them rather easily. Yeah, they had an 18-point lead. They let get all the way down to three at the yeah. end. Still, you didn't feel threatened. You didn't really no. feel threatened in that game. No, even though some of our Maroons postgame were calling in call for the head of our Hall of Fame basketball coach. And you, you all have seen the errors of your ways. You all, and that's okay. We're all one big happy family right now. 865-200-5402. You think those people are rooting for the balls? Or are they rooting for themselves to be right? They're always rooting for themselves to be right, Brian. 
But, they, they want to come on and say, hey, I told but, you so. But Lanny Davis doesn't. Uh, but Seth Davis doesn't get a chance to do that, Brian. You know why? Guy's never right. I mean, if you're going to put a guy in there, guy's a windbag. Hey, say what you want to say. Jerry Palm came on here yesterday and said, man, I was dead wrong. Now, he's got three of his final four still alive. He said, but the team I care about lost, and it breaks my heart. And, of course, our Twidians went nuts on him because they're our Twidians. Hey, Senko, our Twidians in Tennessee land, they will attack you like a pack of bees. Are you feeling me? I do not participate in the Twidians. verse. What, what, I wouldn't know. Hey, what did you think of uh, Saban slamming his basketball coach, saying wrong place, wrong time is not an excuse? I think Nick Saban is trying to fight for relevancy. Uh, I think that he sees his – I think the sand underneath him is starting to shake a little bit. You think I he's jealous of the attention? Class, like if he had – Wow. You know, John, Wooden, John Wooden had a down thing, you know, the greatest ever. I, I, I honestly believe that he's trying to stay relevant. I don't think – I don't think everybody's putting a mic in front of him. Coach Saban, what do you think about weather yep. climate? Coach Saban, what do you think about the Ukraine war? Yep. You know, that was the way it's been for the past 10 years. Everything has to go through his, you know, his desk. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I'll tell you what's fantastic about him. He's got some beautiful black hair right now. Jet black. He has gone away from the Buster Brown. Wait till you all see him. It's next. Is he, gonna, he must be consulting with that. What was that Purdue's coach? Katie? Katie. Gene Katie. Gene Katie had the blackest of black. Yes. I love when men do that. Uh, James Brown on CBS, he doesn't blacken his hair. It is like Kiwi polish number five. And then his mustache and his uh, beard. I mean, the guy's 75 years old. It's blacker than black. I mean, it's next level. And uh, another guy that does that who I really love is the the kid that the guy that played it um, on the Fab Five who's now on TV from Detroit, Jalen Rose. He has got some serious product in his hair, which Dave. is phenomenal. I'm finna take my hair off, Bry. As soon as that weather gets warm, I'm shaving my head. Good time. I am doing it like a ninja. I am. I'm doing it. Who was the guy, Cinco, that played bass in the firm when we were kids who had the bald head? Do you remember? Uh, no. Do you remember? Well, I, like me some, I like me some Joe Satriani. Is he bald? <laughs> Give me some. Who's a bald musician that He's stands like a out? roll on the deodorant, baby. So you like the bald guys? Like all guys. I'm not a. I'm just, I mean, Your hair is incredible. Thank you, Lord, that I have some hair. Your hair is incredible. No, you don't have hair. Your hair is incredible. Hey, thank you. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's nothing I'm doing. You're not missing a strand of hair. How have you done that? Uh, I'm sure I I'm sure I don't measure up in a lot of other areas. I don't know. I ain't doing anything. It's not what I heard. Gene genetics, baby. Eight six. Eight six five two hundred five four. Okay, what have you heard? What, you <laughs> <Measure>. <laughs> what, am, what am I doing? No, 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 no. You missed the. You missed my inside joke on the outside. I was getting um. What do you call that? Uh, it was like an office joke. Um. Uh, anyway, we'll come back. 
politically politically incorrect. We'll come back on the other side. Hey, we got calls. And you want to be heard, and you're going to be heard, and it's going to happen right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. The City of Columbia invites you to experience Mule Day 2023. Don't miss this annual celebration March 30th through April 2nd. The popular Mule Day Parade takes place Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia, featuring Grand Marshal Mike Wolf of American Pickers. And Murray County Park is where the endless Mule Day fun is happening with a daily lineup of mule competitions, crafts, foods, live entertainment, and more. Visit muleday.com for details. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. He'd be back with you, 865-200-5402. This is the Tony Basilio Show. And to the phones we go, as, as advertised. Because callers come first around here. Dr. Sean Sinclair, SEA and Sinclair DDS, beautiful Maryville, is here. Uh, we're back with you. Um, and let's go back to our phones, and we'll get our next call in on a day where I ask you, do you believe? Do you believe? Hello, and welcome in to our uh, first call. Hey, Tony. It's Rusty. Uh, Rusty. Do you believe? I believe, and I'm happy to be on the show where the callers come first. Um, it's a pleasure, and absolutely I believe. Um. I have, a, I have, I guess, three things that you've already brought up that I wanted to throw my two cents in on. One is the neutral site thing. I totally agree with you. Games should be played on college campuses until you get the, until you get the bowl games, playoffs, whatever that may be. Um, I don't, and I, and I hate them. Um, I, I hate the idea. Is a, hate is a strong term. I hate Nissan those stadium, games. Stadium I hate the most. Hate. I, hate, I hate the Nissan Stadium game. Oh, my um, gosh. Hate. But I think the NC State one, they, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have a choice. They, there wasn't an option for two games, like in back, like a home and home, because schedules are set, and they just had this one year where the Oklahoma game got taken away, forced to be taken away by the SEC because Oklahoma was joining the conference. They made us drop our 24 game in Oklahoma, so we had to find somebody. 
NC State wouldn't agree to come just to Knoxville for one game, and we wouldn't agree to go just to Carter Finley for one game. Um, so I think that they had to do a neutral site, and I, I think they had no option. It sucks, but I think that's what it was. How about this? Then you don't play them. Okay, you don't want to do a home and home. Then we'll go down the road. We'll go get somebody else. I think the point was we'd rather play NC State neutral site than play William and Mary in Knoxville, and that were the options. You know, like it was, it was, it was get a beat up opponent team to come to Knoxville, or play a neutral site against a Power Five team, and they chose the latter. I think that's um, very weak. Just like when they said they bought out BYU because BYU wanted them to buy them out. And then BYU's AD came out and said, now we got to find a replacement for Tennessee since they canceled the game. In other words, I don't believe that, Rusty, but you can. Good for you. I mean, there, there's, no, there's, there's no excuse for buying out the BYU. That's the one I hate. I, that one was our choice. This one wasn't because the SEC forced the Oklahoma game to come off the schedule. The the uh, thing that you all want, yeah the thing I'm, that's I'm kind of the you know the, the the thing that really didn't make any sense and Sean said it at the time now that you really think about that BYU deal and you think about how Tennessee is getting in the Polynesian uh, talent pool which I had no idea was that rich and plentiful shame on me until I saw that Polynesia bowl and now I'm in love with the Polynesians because I think they they remind me of the Paisans how clingy they are and uh, how people oriented they are and. God, I just love the Polynesians. I'm all Nico all the time right now. Uh, and any other Polynesian we can land. I love Troy Palomalu and the XFL. I'm for the Polynesians right now, Rusty. I agree. We should be going to Provo. And we should be going to Provo because, as Sean said, that's their – Sean, that's like their Notre Dame, isn't it? That team in Provo. Isn't that like their Notre Dame? I mean, you'd have all the Polynesians' attention if you took Nico up there, Sean. That the whole state, Utah as well. But, yes, that's a BYU is Notre Dame. I mean, that would have been really nice to do that, Russ. I agree. I totally agree. Hey, um, two other things. One, yep. one is the Billis thing. Billis was on the competition committee with the NCAA for years and, and was trying to get – he was pushing for the freedom of movement. Freedom of movement. Freedom. He, he was, and, he, and he finally left the committee because he got tired of all the pushback. College coaches and college – the people that were making the rules wanted to stay with the college game being very different from the NBA. And and now he's trying to use the way we play defense in a very, you know, prominent game against Duke to push his agenda of what's going on. He, he, I don't think he thinks we're dirty. He just thinks we play basketball like he plays football, which is we, we beat on you and bang on you and grab and clutch. And, and, but by rule, we're not breaking any rules. We play rough because you're allowed to play rough in college basketball. That's what Sean said, and it's exactly right. I mean, last time I checked, they went to the monitor, and they didn't rule that any of it was outside of the rules. Now, are they hard fouls? Sure. Are we like the Detroit Pistons a little bit in the late 80s? Yes. If I was watching us, and I'm in another fan base, would I hate Tennessee? Probably, yeah. Would I like Eurosh? No. Would I think he's a hatchet man? One guy. Yes, but you need him. This team needs right. that guy. That guy's my co MVP Saturday, and he didn't score a point. Right. Well, here's but, a, another he, thing: is I don't, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm not happy that Filipowski took a cut under the eye, but I think you could call a foul on Filipowski for getting cut under the eye. Exactly. He, that was not a. Is. That was not a bad play. That was. He got a rebound. He was following through. Yep. Just landing, and Filipowski, in my opinion, fouled him with his face. And Watson Brown said to me yesterday, he said, you know what, from a coaching perspective, 
anytime you anytime you can cut a guy and it's not a foul on you, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, obviously. But that just sends another message to him that hey, I'm not in the ACC anymore, Toto. This ain't Kansas, brah. Filipowski actually pulled on a dude's bicep when he when when a dude clearly had the ball and had the rebound. Filipowski fouled him. Yep, and it didn't get called. It was a hook and hold. Um, it was. He, he he pulled a dude down yep. trying to get the ball. I mean, it wasn't intentional, but it happened. Anybody that's complaining about that is is an idiot. And I don't know if Billis was, but but the, the Euros is our only guy who's like like Rick Mahorn and Lambeer, and the Pistons had like eight of those guys. We just happen to have Euros who occasionally – Barnes wants Euros to go out there and bang on people and make sure guys don't want to come and try to get an offensive rebound. Barnes and Chuck Daly, though, two old OG coaches. OGs, man, two OGs. Chuck Daly and Barnesy, two OGs. Hey, the Vols could win it all. I mean, I'm not here to tell you – I'm not speaking out of school. Look – What's his face? Uh, 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 the hater up there who used to be in Louisville. What's his name, Bry? He can hate all he wants. If for him oh, to rank the Vols fifteen out of sixteen, Pat Forty. Hey, Forty, stick to swimming. Stick to Olympic swimming, Shepard. Which about a hundred people in our country follow, and ninety nine of them are family members. You clown. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to get Tony going. Hey, uh, you imagine that Rusty yeah. ranking our team fifteen? Now you could say they're eight, seven or eight. Okay, well, fine. I'm glad he did. The great, I think that's good the great Seth Davis has a seven. Se- well, that's fine. Seventh. I had him eighth I yesterday. Seventh or eighth is, you yeah. know, that's fine. That scares me when that's Seth amazing. Davis has them. When I have an opinion that Seth Davis shares, that scares me. I know. The opposite of that would be if if Duke would have met the challenge in physicality and pulled out that game. Billis would have been the first one talking about how how appreciative he was yeah. of their physical of Duke's physical play. How the how it was a bunch of freshmen met the challenge of a grizzled old veteran team and and propelled themselves forward. And he'd have never said one thing about the play. Well, and you know what? I was talking to somebody else about that whole Billis thing because this came on my radar last twenty four. I literally I've been just celebrating the victory and getting ready for the next opponent. And so somebody yesterday was like, have you caught all this? And I, and I went back and looked, and I was like, oh. and, and, and I talked to somebody else about it, and they said, you know, you understand, right, what's going on there? I said, no, I don't understand. Well, Coach K handpicked Shire. There was a split in the family. Billis is a huge Coach K guy. Drinks his bathwater. So there, he couldn't have gotten eliminated from the tournament for any other reason than the other team crossed the line. That's got to be the narrative. Duke looked impotent the other day. They didn't want any of that, man. Tony, they, they, they were number three in the nation in offensive rebounds, and they made business decisions after Euro showed them how it was not to go after offensive rebounds. Yep. They stopped crashing the board. Yep. You're, you're right. Euros was the second most important player because he made them scared to go rebound. Hey, um, my last thing is about... No. I took um, I, I took a stance the other day that I did not think it's fair that the higher seeded team has to play later because the conference tournament to get it right. If you're a higher seed, you get to play earlier. That way, when you play a team the next day, you get more rest than they do. Mm. Um, and I and I was held and I and I, I was made fun of for mm-hmm. having the stance that I think we should have been playing the earlier game on uh, mm-hmm. Thursday than Duke. Mm-hmm. They should have played it later because we were the four, they were the five. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will say this. Um, 
it was a bad rule that the NCAA baseball tournament had the situation where the higher seed wasn't always the home team in the in the, in the tournament. And this year, because of all the complaining, now if you're the higher seed in a regional or a super regional, you're always the home team. So sometimes complaining about the way the NCAA does things does a good does a good deed. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. So you need to, and that's why talk radio is here to complain. Well, the the basketball tournament's never been about crowning a basketball champion. the The basketball tournament in March is all about a cash cow for the NCAA uh, proper. Speaking of which, today over at T Club Team, among some of the great content we have, including Matt Dixon's look back at the baseball balls yesterday. We posted the fact that the that Tennessee remains box office across multiple sports. And I'm going to read this to you, and then we're going to go back to the phones. And by the way, our friends at Amachi, their annual appreciation banquet for their families that they're going to love on, that they serve, and then their uh, many people in their organization who are volunteers, uh, they need your help. We need your help. Please check that out at the top of the blog today over at tclub.team. They're beautiful people. Tennessee's game with Duke drew 8.92 million. The millions and the millions and the millions of viewers. You could say, well, you know, it was involving Duke, but I will submit to you that Tennessee has been involved in four of the top 15 most watched college sporting events so far this year. And they are this calendar, this uh, scholastic year. They are number five, Tennessee-Georgia football. Number six, Tennessee-Alabama football. Number 13, Tennessee-Duke basketball. Number 15, Tennessee-Clemson football. And before you go, oh, well, okay, no, no, you know, no blank, Sherlock. Well, check this out. Tennessee-Louisiana Thursday night peaked at four million viewers most watched late night first round game in the ncaa tournament since 2011 that is a pretty darn strong statement for the ball say the most watched game in the late night window since 2011 hey that jersey just looks cool on television those colors just look cool i'm sorry the basketball balls have always been cool now, they haven't been able to get out of their own way in March, but they've always had a certain they, sort of style about them. They need to wear those balls in cursive across the chest uniforms like they did in the first I and second round. I love them. And they're undefeated in those this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if they wear anything else, they're crazy. I agree with that. I, I was talking with Jeff from Alumni Hall yesterday. He said, Tony? We win that game, buddy. The shirts are flying off the presses. A light eight. The final foul. He said, tell them. Go right to her, right online. He said, we've got them ready to go. Ready to row. I'm going back to our phones. Hello and welcome into our next call, 54 past the hour. Live on your Tony Basilio show, morning. Tony... Uh, what is Nick Saban wanting to look like? Elvis Presley? Have you seen him, Billy? He looks incredible. Uh, 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 no. 
I think when it comes to dark hair, it looks ten times better looking on Jerry Glanville than it does Nick Saban. Cinco, do you believe, I got a text from a mutual friend of ours who said Saban did that and used the exact words of that coach because that's being used against him in recruiting. And he's never going to let that spill over. Well, Nick Saban's about Nick Saban. He's not about the University of Alabama. So, I think it's. I think. I think he realizes his uh, shelf life is coming up. How about that, Billy? Well, the is crumbling, Tony. I will tell you this: sands and butts about it. I think if Nick Saban had Brandon Miller on his team and Brandon Miller was involved in a murder like that kind of a thing, he would have thrown him off the team. I don't think he'd have played with him. Yeah. I do believe that. Yeah. And anyway, when it comes to jet black hair, I think it's ten times better looking on a lady than it does a man. That's my that's my perspective. Do you right like there. when Jalen Rose colors it like Kiwi number seven? I mean, it is blacker than black. James Brown looks incredible. Uh, Mike Shashevsky at the end of his run, not one gray hair on his head. Mike Shashevsky's hair looked like he they spackled it on. Sean, it's phenomenal looking. I'm so look, I'm so for it. That's why I'm taking yep. my hair off, Bill. I'm sick of it. I'm getting me the skull shaver. I was watching an old rerun of Mash last night, and they had the skull. It wasn't the skull shaver. It was. Uh, what was that thing called? The Weed Whacker? No. It was, um, oh, God, Bill. Help me out here, Bill. You watch a lot of those shows. What's the what's the head shaving tool that they use, that they advertise? Oh, it's, I believe it's it's Clippers. Oh, shit. Something oh, like God. that. Loby? Loby? Bill, I literally Loby? ought to reach through the te- I telephone, Bill, and just, <laughs> what do you mean Clippers? The Clippers, well, the Clippers is what? Bill Walton played for back in the day when he went to San Diego, you clown. <laughs> the Clippers. Well, well, you know, they were, well, they had these things where they shaved your head. My dad used to, used to shave my head. Yep, a me lot too. Those things. My dad would get the, let's see, we had the five boys and you'd get on the, you'd get on the back porch. And my brother used to say he took your humanity. He took your humanity away. <laughs> my brother tells a story about how when he was first getting interested in girls, my dad took them all on the back porch, and my brother was like 14 at the time. My dad said, sit down. And you get the smock put on you, and you look like one minute you have hair, and the next minute you're literally in the military. And my brother said to my dad, when my dad was older in life, he said, you know, Dad, for about two years, I, I didn't forgive you. That one summer, you shaved my head. There was a girl in the neighborhood I liked, and you kind of took my humanity away from me. Shaved. My dad, Senko, would shave you down to the nub to the point where it would burn your scalp. That's not as bad as my mom thought. She fancied herself a hair cutter, and I'd come out in my bangs. I mean, I just to get my bangs to level up with the horizon, I'd have to crick my neck. That was horrible. Boom. And, Tony, it's the same way with, with white hair. You know, that, that you know hair that's solid as white as snow or 
white as the clouds in the sky, it's better looking on a lady than it is a man. You know, you take a look at Shirley Jones, her hair has turned solid white. Oh, boy. And it looks radiant on her. I don't know. It looked pretty good on Albert Einstein. I didn't didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. Didn't do what? Uh, (laughs) Never mind. I didn't do it. (laughs) Bill, I don't care what Brian and Cinco say. This is the copper card call of the hour right now. Rusty can bring all the takes he wants to the table. And Linda Evans has white hair. And and it really looks radiant on her. Sean, is there any other women with white hair? I remember back in the 70s, women used to frost their hair. Do you remember that, Sean, the frosted hair where the women, women would be like, you know, middle age, 25, 30, whatever, and they would frost their hair. Oh, yeah. Many times I'd have to, uh, I can't believe I'm telling this, many times that my mom would sit with that stupid tap on and I'd have to pull some hair out of the little holes in her hair cap and what? What? Don't highlight it. Oh, yeah, my sister what? and I, we, we, were, we were on her head like a couple of monkeys. So you were trying to pull out, like her, you, you were trying to, yeah. like she would tell you, get the scragglers out of my head. No, no. Gosh, this is going way too deep. No, you put this little cap on. Right. She's got little holes hey, on hey, it. Hey, Tony, I'll throw another okay, name at you that, He's gonna that be, looks gonna radiant be, with yes. white hair. <laughs> what is it, Bill? I'll tell you another uh, fame actress that looked radiant with white hair, Lana Turner. Bill, I'm, um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I know your call's over. I know it's time for hour two, 865 I, I, I just really don't know anymore. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 41 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill to one better one dollar bill come to the 2023 mule day auctioneer championship hosted by the columbia breakfast rotary club benefiting their college scholarship fund outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 mule day auctioneer champion the event will be held at the tennessee livestock sale barn at 1231 industrial park road columbia tennessee starting at 11 a.m hope to see you there 31 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules, all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show, and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day. The Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon. Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and gospel singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. 
This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Got two pieces of breaking news for you from the basketball world, both involving Tennessee basketball program. One of them is that Kim English is about to become uh, the new head coach of the Providence Friars. And the reason that's significant um, is that Rick Barnes basically got him that job. And don't mess with Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes really enjoys his role as kingmaker in that sport. And his role as kingmaker in that sport, we were talking about this yesterday. Since, since his time at Tennessee, we rattled off like seven guys that got head jobs off this staff. And, Sean, you don't play seven head coaches in football. I mean, and you got a, a lot more assistance on a football staff and two coordinators every year. I mean, that's remarkable. But he got on the horn Friday. I know this. He got on the horn on Friday and worked the phones when it looked like Ed Cooley was going to jump to Georgetown. Cinco, the man, got on the phones and made it happen, made it rain on Kim English, who, let's face it, in two years was okay at George Mason. Nothing that said, hey, hire me at uh, Providence. But Rick Barnes moves his guy, Sean. He is a king maker in that sport. Don't mess with him. You know what? Also, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Okay. Well, I would think it would. I don't know why you do that. I would prefer to have the Providence job. Uh, I get the Georgetown and all that, but I mean, Providence has just had so many great coaches come through. Patino. uh, Yeah. Incredible coaches go through there. Great launching point. Dun, 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 you know, uh, bum, bum, basketball bum, bum, has more Division One head coaching opportunities than football does. It's a great point, Brian. You know, there's like, what, three times as many. It's a great point, Brian. Over three times as many. But still, I mean, how many head it coaches? Is imp- it is impressive. All right, how many head coaches during Filmer's time well, how many, left uh, his staff? How many uh, David Cockliffe and David Cockliffe and how many? David Cock- how many head coaches came off Bruce Pearl's staff? Steve Forbes? Yes. Shea got a job. Brooke Savage got a job. Scott Edgar got a job. Scott Edgar got a job. For a year. But but your point is, this guy's moved eight guys in seven years. Some crazy number like that. Because somebody was reminding me of the uh, guy that went down to some, to your point, Brian, a lower division school who's now back at, I think he's back on Texas staff, and I'm picturing the, the white fella. Ogden. 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 All right, here's the second piece, and I've been communicating with Y and Rephalytics Judd on this. The official pool for tomorrow. Now, we've got the link up today over at the tclub.team of the officials who made it through to this round. Sean, do you find it interesting that they advance officials through the tournament like they advance teams? So, in other words, they watch you work in the first couple of rounds. And the ones that grade out the best get to go on to the Sweet 16. So officials move through the bracket like teams do. You know, I wonder what is better, to move teams or to move individual people through. Because uh, I like that you have, I like that the best refs call the best games. Uh, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. 
I don't know the whole dynamic. Are, are, are these all individual guys? They come together at every game and create a new trio. That's correct. Okay. Well, then that, then that's pretty standard. Okay. I did, I just didn't know. Yeah. So, so no, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. I think that's great. So in other words, it's not like in the NFL where you have a crew. Well, who's the, who's the ref that, uh, that saw the, the fifth foul mugging on Roach? And then called it, you know, like three seconds before on Proctor. What was that deal? Well, I can tell you that one of the guys that was on the floor that day is going to be in the pool coming up for the Sweet 16. Let me give you the names. A.J. Desai was there. I don't know if he was the guy that saw it and then changed the call. But that was um, W.W.A. Chico. Well, I think that'd be great for us because it, I would imagine that those re, those refs that were that did the Duke UT game might be kind of ticked off that people are questioning how they called the game. Exactly. Here's the office pool for tomorrow. The official pool, office pool. Here's the official Jim Burns. What's up? Here's the official pool for tomorrow. Up in Madison Square Garden, you get three officials that will work the games. So this. From this list, three guys will work, and then there's one altern- alternate for both games. Or as Brian likes to say, alternative official for both games. Here are the six guys. Jeb Hartness, Paul Sells, who I've been told is a Big Ten uh, official, Larry Scarato, a Paisan, another Big Ten official, <clears throat> a guy by the name of Brian Dorsey, whose name rings a bell with me. A.J. Desai, who I believe was on the floor, as we were saying, the other day for the Duke game. And then kind of a household name to those that follow this stuff, as I've learned from Rephalytics Judd, Jeff Anderson did multiple Final Fours. So he is hey, you know in... Cool? You know what would be cool is if you could get Judd or Maury or one of those experts on to yeah. talk about those. Well, it's funny because Rephalytics Judd said, dang, Tony, that's a bad lineup. You better pray to God we don't get the science Garado together. He says, Dorsey and Anderson are generally pretty consistent. Not familiar with cells or hardness, but I'm going to do some homework for you. He said, I had the in the Duke game. I graded him out with 20 whistles, 16 in favor of Duke. So... Maybe Desai was the guy. Let me ask Judd if he was the guy. I'm guessing uh, Billis didn't have an issue with that. Did he change the call? Who's the point guard again? You were talking about the call they changed? It was Roach. Yeah, it was on Roach. Roach, and they gave it to somebody else. And Roach was Roach Saturday. That was a terrible game out of that dude. But, yeah, let's go back to the phones. Maybe if Moe's listening. Um... Back to the phones we go. 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome in to our next call. You are live on your Basilio show. Hi. Hey, guys. Hey, y'all. It's Lloyd. Hey, Lloydie. Welcome in. Thank you. Uh, I didn't get a chance to call yesterday, but I thought it was really good insight from Maury uh, Hanks and Jerry Palm. Um, 
that Palm guy, man, he's, he seems like an okay guy, self-deprecating. I mean, he um, he wasn't quite as arrogant as I had, uh, had remembered him. No, he's really a good guy, man. He he is he is really 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 a good guy, really a good guy. Yeah, you know, good spirit. He's got a great spirit about him. Do we is Chris Dorch still involved? Have you, have you had him on any or basketball league? Dorchy's still out there, right, um, Brian? But we haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, the Blue Ribbon's still out there. I want to say, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I got you. I think, um, didn't Barnes follow Patino up at Providence? I think that's right. Yep. So, in fact, Kim English is now on the, now on the, um, Rick Barnes tract because he started at, George Mason, and now he's at Providence. And his next move will be into a Power 5 league if he can do something at Providence. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Barnsey, if he hangs in here three more years and that guy has some, some success up there, tries to leverage him into this deal as his successor. Because I don't think the ice handler is going to fit the deal down there at SMU. The SM, He was originally going to try and get the ice handler back here. Because I'm telling you, Barnes is a kingmaker. Barnes is into that. And he's good at it. Hey, he moves guys around. He's good at it. He's good at it. Yes, he is. I saw that Tennessee has the third best odds of reaching the Final Four. I think it was Bet Online and Covers.com both had that. Yep. So you, outside of um, maybe the year 2000, this is, this is the path right here. Well, in your lifetime... I really believe us. There's never been a better opportunity in your lifetime and my lifetime to see Tennessee go to a Final Four than right now. It's not a clear path. Nothing's a sure thing. Hey, the team you're playing Thursday could shoot the ball 39 40% from three-point three range. They'll be tough to beat if they do that. But if they shoot it the way they've shot it the last couple of games and Tennessee plays the level they've played, Tennessee will go through those guys. And if Tennessee can get to the eight, I mean, obviously everybody's goal is Final Four. But I think there's going to be a huge uh, difference in perception of how this team did. If, if they get bounced uh, by FAU, then you're still going to have, I think, some of that narrative out there. The guy lost to a worst-seeded team, uh, ceiling. You know, he didn't get past the 2019 ceiling. But if you get to the eight, then I think you you probably push him over, Bruce, don't you? Um, I think it's interesting that Bruce Pearl, since he went to the Final Four, has well, won one NCAA tournament game. Bruce did go as a six seed to the Elite Eight and beat a two seed to get there. Yep. So his path was a little tougher, although he didn't get a break when Georgetown lost in the Bar- first round. Barnsey is uh, Barnsey's chalking right now. Yeah, you know he's going to chalk all the way to the elite eight because they're because they're playing a, a much lower seeded team here. Brackets opened up here. So Brian, if you look at that uh, game against Ohio State in twenty ten, yeah, that was a two seed, and um, I, th- I think we probably could agree that it was a better basketball team than Duke uh, a couple of days ago. 
But I think you'd have to rank Duke. Uh, that win Saturday is the second best NCAA tournament win since, you know, since Uncle Jed started this thing and going to the tournament back in '98. Yeah, I think that's the best tournament win. What's your What's your favorite? What's your What's your number one? I think the Duke win is a number one tournament win. Yeah, I mean, I I think you could argue that. Uh, I would tend to agree. Although the Ohio State, you know, they had a didn't they have the national player of the year that year? Greg Oden. No, no, that was, was the uh, year. That was two years before, three years. That before. kid's no, name was. You know, uh, hang on, that kid's name was. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, I, about, uh, I should get this. He was a first pick in the NBA draft, Evan and he wasn't Turner. very good. Evan Turner. Evan Turner. Former 76er Bustoli. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a better team than Tennessee beat. But, yeah, I mean, I think this past – getting by this – and, um, you know, I think you could say, hey, that, that's the best NCAA tournament win that the school maybe has had. and You know, because before 2000, I mean, I don't know. I guess they won a game in, what, 81, 82. There wasn't many of them back then. A, uh, a sneaky good tournament win, I think, was the game against Connecticut when Khalid El-Amin was playing. They were the defending national champions. Sunday was, afternoon down in Birmingham. And that was a pretty sneaky good win. And Butler, in that same building eight years later, was a sneaky good win. Yeah, that, you're right. Man, to, that Butler team was a 30-win team. Old yeah. Unky Jed went to the Sweet 16, didn't he? Unky Jed had, uh, didn't he have North Carolina on the ropes with like four and a half oh, minutes yeah. left? He had a nine-point lead with about eight minutes to go. I mean, we've been to seven, seven Sweet 16s now. Yeah. Two under Barnes, but seven of them since uh, 2000, which is a great number, guys. It's a great number. This Nothing is, to be ashamed this of. Is just like, this is just like 2000. He beat Louisiana. Yep. In a, you know, a close game, and the, the one in 2000 was even closer. I remember that was an ugly game. Tennessee trailed by 14 in the second half, and then you beat the five seat by 13, 15 points, and and now you're playing an eight seed. So it's a lot of parallels to that. Um, yeah, Jed had the 420s uh, gassed up and ready to pull some skiers, didn't he, Tom? Well. Yeah, it was really interesting. I, I liked when he came out post game and said, "Well, they were going to reinsert their big man. He only had four fouls." And they were like, uh, "Jerry, he found out. He did." What was the big man's name, Brian? That Jed didn't know had found out. Uh, Brendan Haywood. Thank you. Um, real quick on baseball. Yeah. Related. Um, I know Betts didn't play here, but you know. Seeing that last night kind of brought it in front. Are you involved at all in the UT program? Does he have any kind of relationship that you guys would know? He's got a he's got a relationship with Tony Valls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. He and he follows Tennessee sports. All right. Well, good show, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you. And so does Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. By the way, I was told that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Cinco was over there at the um, show they did the TN Sports Show at the Coliseum last week, taking photos like selfies with all the Tennessee football players that were there, and and 
And then the eight by tens they had, would you sign that one to so and so? Would you sign that one to so Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's like a Tennessee sheep right now. Those episodes or that episode where you had Nikita Koloff and Ricky the Dragon were Hall of Fame. Back to speaking of Hall of Fame, Maury Hanks, who's scheduled to get in here tomorrow said he was listening to our uh, talk, talking about who the officials are. He said, Tony, I got stuff on these officials. Because, you know, he organizes games. So he knows who these people are. He said, if you want me to come on next segment, and I said, Mo, we're going to get some calls in. We don't we don't need you. Because we need, we got, this is a geophysical year. The, the callers don't want to hear the information you have on these officials for, for tomorrow night. Right, Cinco? They want to hear the calls. He's coming on next segment with us. Hello and welcome into like our to next. Hear more. Interesting. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, what's going on, Tone? This is Ryan the Hoosier Ball. Hey, Hoosier Ball, Ron. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Before I get into my call, I just want to say Titans Bill's phone call was next level today. That's why we listen to this show. It's why I listen. You know, somewhere, Tone, you've mentioned you like to do the yard sale rummaging. Yes. Somewhere, I bet Timothy Leary did acid and just transcribed his thoughts verbatim. If you could find that, you could do a great bit of Timothy Leary acid trip or Titans Bill phone calls. Like if you just uh, put them back to back, put them back to back and have callers call in and guess which one it was. Just read them, the transcribed of them. They'd probably make the same references to uh, women. So, yeah. White hair, radiant. (laughs) <laughs> septagenarians and octogenarians that uh, that we lust after. It's very next level. That was uh, that was wild, but uh, very next level. Just wanted, to, just wanted to call in and say I'm so happy for Rick Barnes and this Tennessee basketball team. Um, as my name implies, you know, football all balls, but basketball I do have dual fandom, and uh, this basketball fan base more than arguably any other in the tournament deserves this and you know uh south carolina gamecocks they beat duke and it sprung board a final four run and this team is better than that so i think it's going to happen this year they deserve it and it's always sometimes the time you least expect it and i just think it's going to happen isn't that really funny i was thinking about that that down through our history the teams we put all the hopes on like last year Go out and lay an egg. So much better than this year. So much better of a team. Really? I think so, yes. Even without ZZ? No, no, no. Last year's team was substantially Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you had me turned around yeah. there. Yes, I. yeah, the opposite of what you're thinking. When, when did South Carolina beat Duke? What round was that? I, in my mind, it was That was the second round. In... Well. Yeah. Wow. And they beat wow. them up physically. They didn't. That's how they did it as well. They just manhandled them. So who knows? Could be an omen. I mean, uh, let me ask you this, Tone. To me, the two biggest wins in Tennessee sports decade is the Alabama football win and Saturday over Duke. Not going to argue with you. Which one were you more surprised at? Because when I woke up the Alabama football game, I said, you know, I think we've got a real shot today. I did not wake up and think that Saturday. This one shocked me much more. A lot more. Not even close. 
the difference is one team can score, one team one team can't. Exactly. You know? And when you can't score, exactly. here's the thing about tomorrow night. I'm afraid of that game. And anybody with well, a brain would be afraid of that game. Anybody that's sitting there going, we're going to blow them out, we don't blow anybody out. We don't score enough. Yeah, they play similar to Missouri. Yes. And uh, Scary. if they get shot, then it could be. But, you know, oh. it's in an NBA stadium. Historically, college kids don't shoot well in NBA stadiums and games. So, but Yeah, your hope has to be. That FAU goes out there and shoots about twenty eight percent. That could help, and that could probably hurt FAU too. In that's, that regard, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to happen this year, guys. Now, I don't want to jinx it, but just I, uh, I think uh, kind of like that South Carolina team. And again, we're way better than that South Carolina team. Way better. I think. Uh, I think this is uh, the year, um, and then. Uh, <clears throat> some problematic teams uh you know that went down in our region and yep very happy for rick barnes and uh yep. balls. hope uh, hope they win two more thank least. you brother good talking to you and his uh, indiana girls the other night had a heartbreaker bry those of us watching the women's tournament the other night to miami yeah they had a uh, they a, had a great season they sold team. their gym out they were a one seed yeah. they had a huge crowd in that place a huge crowd they uh, that was one of the most electric atmospheres I've seen for a game all year, women or men, you know. Um, and it was just a heartbreaking way for those poor girls that were seniors that that you know they they don't even get to the Sweet Sixteen with the great season they had. What year was that that um, um, South Carolina went to the Final Four? That was that was 2017. They went there along with North Carolina, Gonzaga, and I think Oregon was that other team, and. North Carolina beat Gonzaga in the championship game. That's the year. That, that's the last year Kentucky had a serious shot. You know they they got shot out by Luke May in the Elite Eight. Wow, I like the fact that Lightning can be striking twice. I also you, like you the have, fact that the Vols have the third highest odds to get to the Final Four. Why wouldn't they? You also you also had three SEC teams in the Elite Eight that year. Florida got there. South Carolina had to beat them in the Elite Eight, and Kentucky got there and got beat by North Carolina. How many get into the Final so Four me, this year? Me, How many get, get this straight. Go ahead. Go ahead. J, uh, Pat Forty, uh, renowned uh, expert in all sports, has yes. Tennessee 14th out of 16. Yes. And yet Vegas, who knows a little bit about this stuff, yes, they say Tennessee third. Third oh. highest seed. Yeah, third highest opportunity uh, odds wise. Well, listen, and one one of them makes money, builds buildings, does all that stuff. Forty and the other one watches watches swimming, youth uh, swimming. Okay, forty has them fifteen out of sixteen, Sean. And I don't know why he didn't rank Princeton ahead of him. Brian, where did he have him last week? Counts. Do this again, Brian. Coming into the tournament, where were the Vols ranked by forty? I think you. I think you had them in the between forty-five and fifty. What? So they they had a, quite a good you know to get from there to, to fifteen is, is a pretty impressive jump. And they know, still I give think. this guy well, access to. Movement. And they still give this guy access to uh, Sports yeah. Illustrated's backline to post articles. I mean, are you kidding? Forty, you're an embarrassment. Let it go. Shadow Sunday's over. You lost. Let it go, you knucklehead. You loser! 
Stick to swimming. Attracting the East Germans. Let's go back to our phones. What are the East Germans? Sean, kids are going, what, what's he talking about, the East Germans? I know. Oh. Nobody knows. Hello. And well, the East Germans, you had women out there literally that would have like four where, breasts. They took so many men, drugs. Men are men. East Germany, where men are men and so are women. <laughs> I mean, literally, W. Lynn, they had women that had like bigger arms and shoulders you had, that, you had women swimmers with a, 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 a fuller beard than W. Lynn has. No question. They had more hair under their arms than most men have beards. So next level, W. Lynn. And that one woman, that one year. back looked like a cape. That one woman, that one year. There was a, a woman one time, I think, from like one of those places, Ireland, Scotland, East Germany. She was so right. I think her name was Smith. She took off in that swimming pool like a like bullet Bob uh, uh like bullet Bob Hayes back in the day. Yeah. Good night, W. Lynn. Back when it was uh, it was the Cold War during the Olympics, so man, great. I would get so fired. Oh, the Olympics. Yeah. We need the we need communism to come back strong and save the Olympics. Well, I don't know about that, but it was interesting. It was fun because East Germany and and the Soviet Union and uh, total villains. They were all just, villains. Yes. Yeah, they were villains. Total villains. And uh, oh, there was that sixty-eight year. I was twelve when they we had some great pole vaulter. They broke into his room and said his pole vault his poles were illegal. Took him out the night before <laughs> the event. That was the best because you knew if a Chinese girl uh, diver or skater messed up one little bit, I mean, they would, the whole Communist Party would go galooly on them. Just Sean. Like, uh, we, we had boxers that were beating these East Germans and Russians and North Koreans, and they were bloody, barely standing up. And the guy going out there and raised a hand to the guy. Communist. Well, you know, those were great days. And I'll tell you what, that T.F. Lowe Stevenson, how would he have done against Muhammad Ali back in the day? Because he would get oh, in the I ring and it. he would maul these poor um, uh, these poor uh, uh, kids. There was... John Tate. He, ma- he beat big John Tate. God. He was a Cuban, right? He was from Cuba? Yeah, he was from he Cuba. T.F. Lowe Stevenson was a bad man. Only. For three rounds only. He They're was a bad man, T.F. Lowe Stevenson. Yes, sir. But uh, anyhow, I feel like this, who's this Pat Forty guy? Where's he from? He's from Louisville. Started out the Courier Journal, and boy, he took a guy that took to, and and then he's been feuding. He's been Sports Illustrated and a couple other places, and he has been. Ever since Shiano Sunday, he has been an absolute thorn in the Twittiot side, and the Twittiots have been a thorn in his side, and he's let it spill over him into his work. When you tell me the Vols are 47, you got the Vols ranked 47th in that team when they're a top, top five Ken Palm team in just about everything. I mean, I realized they were ugly down the stretch. They weren't that ugly. Come on, W. Lynn. No, no, we weren't that ugly. And 15 out of 16 of the teams left, W. Lynn? 15 out of 16? Guy ought to have his credentials revoked. Exactly. We might as well send Titans Bill out there to rank the top 16. But what he is, though, really is he's a swimming expert, kind of like Vandy Dano is a tennis expert. He's a swimming expert. 
yeah. who, who really needs to stick to uh, aquatic and, and all things nautical. He should be yeah, covering the America's Cup, W. Lynn. He might, he might fall in the pool if he covers an event over here, and they'll say, who's that guy at the bottom of the pool? Well, <laughs> if the Twitty has got a hold of him, he would be at the bottom end of the pool, W. Lynn. Down there with the drain. Yeah, uh, uh, Tony, I'm in the camp that I believe. I believe we can win this game. I believe it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a 40-minute fight. So everybody get ready for that. But uh, I, I, I believe, and I'm with Brian, I, uh, the, the the jerseys with Vols on them, I just looked in the media guide, and they had our teams that won championships in the, in the 30s and then yep. right during World War II wearing yep. them. And, uh we need to have an orange version of them, though, in case we do have to play a higher seed. Uh, I don't know if Alumni Hall can crank those out for our team or not. But, uh, be, it would be the uh, it would be actually our uh, supplier Nike that would yeah. do that. But Brian, does Alumni Hall have the Vols? I'm sure they have them. I'm supposed to go by there today. I'm I'm, I'm buying something for a friend oh, of mine. Uh, I yeah, saw it on sure. TV. basketball with the balls across the, the cursive. Yeah, ball. surely they have them, I would right? Think so they're gorgeous. Yeah, I, would, I would think so. They're absolutely gorgeous, man. Or they I love them. Have those you know, I never, the... I never, I always wanted to spell volunteers out, but this balls, I love. Gorgeous. I mean, it's got history behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But uh, yeah, I, I believe Tony. And uh, one thing about Titans Bill, I didn't get to hear all of his call. Was he ranking senior women that with bald heads? Top your now. No, he was doing something where he talked about how I don't know. We got off on some kind of like when men put the product in their hair and the pro, you know. And yeah. I was talking about how James Brown. I mean, it looks like he uses literally spackled paint at this point on yeah. his hair. It's so bright, James Brown. When he's on CBS, and then. Uh, the guy on ESPN okay. does it too. What's his name? The, the former Michigan guy, Jalen Rose. It's yeah. so bright. It's so next level looking. But what got us going on the conversation, W. Lynn, is I looked at myself in the mirror the other day and I said, you know what? I'm letting nature take its course. I'm taking my hair off. I've had enough. Yeah. Because I literally look like a cross right now between Grandpa Munster and Fester. And I would much rather be Fester than Grandpa Munster at this point. Well, what you ought, ought to do is shave your head and grow you a big beard. I can't grow a beard, oh, so okay, I'm going to shave. I'm going to shave my head and paint my eyebrows real bright. I'm going to look like that guy down in Dallas uh, who was uh, linked to the Kennedy assassination. Morin shite, Morin something. Those of you that follow that know what I'm talking about. The guy painted his eyebrows on and he was bald headed, which is next. Yeah, I remember that level. He, like, had tattooed eyebrows on with a big bald head, and I am for it. <laughs> well, Tony, I, yeah, we got to get behind this team for tomorrow Means. and take it seriously. Take it very seriously if you're a ball fan. Okay, hang on. i got to ask Brian. Brian, are you taking tomorrow seriously, or are you taking this thing lightly? <laughs> Brian? I thought of... Not taking it any other way, but serious. Yeah, W. Lynn, this that message has been loud and clear received. Thank you, W. Lynn. We come back. Maury Hanks was listening to us. He said, Tony, would you like a breakdown of those officials? He said, I can tell you which games they've called. I can tell you how many of the guys. Here's what we've learned. 
this Tony Basilio show today has learned exclusively that the official pool for tomorrow is as follows. There are six guys and one alternate who Brian calls an alternative official in the pool of six plus one. And they are as follows. Jeb Hartness, who we'll let Maury tell us about him. Paul Sells, who I've been told is a Big Ten guy. Larry Scarato, who's a Big Ten guy. Brian Dorsey, a name I'm familiar with. I believe we've seen him this year. We'll let Maury tell us about it. A.J. Desai, who did the Duke game the other day. Now, I've been told by, uh, and then Jeff Anderson, who did multiple Final Fours. Clarence Armstrong is the alternative official for both games. I was told by Rephalytics Judd, who is extremely fired up, focused, and prepared right now. He said, Tony, you just gave me a, you've set me on a dark path of homework here. He said, pray to God you don't get the science grotto together tomorrow. He said, Dorsey and Anderson are generally pretty consistent officials. He says, I'm not familiar with cells or hardness. I'm going to do some homework for you. He said, I graded Desai, tracked him in the Duke game. He did call the Duke game, A.J. Desai. He said, of the 20 whistles he blew, 16 were in favor of Duke. Sean Sinclair, would that that, uh, concern you if Desai is on the floor in light of what Rephalytic Judd has tracked? Do we trust Rephalytic Judd's information, Sean, at this point? I think you have to trust Rephalytics Judd. Uh, but I would like to say that yeah. I think that, uh, that uh, refs can get swayed in a game, and I think they can be influenced by equally talented or more talented refs. Um, yeah. uh, so I'm not concerned about the, the calls tomorrow. Foul's a foul. Uh, hard foul's a hard foul. A flagrant foul's a flagrant foul. I, I'm okay. The, one, the, the only ones I'm really worried about are our tendency against smaller teams to pick up quick fouls with moving screens because mm-hmm. the, with their little with their little guys mm-hmm. they run into a moving screen and they, and it, you know they play it up and they mm-hmm. uh, you know speaking of which I don't no one talked anything about Duke flopping all over the place last week but that's another story I suppose flippy flopping they were floppy flipping yeah, flippy flopping that's what that's what uh, concerns me is the the moving screen I I just don't think there's a I don't think there's a reason for uh, Plavsic to go pla- full Plavsic tomorrow. There was more. Well, it'd be interesting to see how much Plav he plays tomorrow because I don't know that's a game he functions well in. But we'll see. I think they start him, let him beat on their big people a little bit, and we'll see how he functions in that game. The four out games, five out games. Ha- I can see Adu having a big game. No doubt about it. Adu's got to have a big game tomorrow. The thing that. Coach McDevitt told us from middle, Brian, I've been told they're not MTSU anymore, and I've been told he was very gracious to me because they don't want to call themselves MTSU anymore, which I didn't realize. I'm just a... I didn't know that either. I'm just a poor man from what a poor family. Middle. Middle? Middle. Okay. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks, man. Middle. Mm. I mean... Yeah, I've heard them called middle, but I mean, I didn't know that. Are we called mid now? They wanted to be called... 
mid, which I guess is how we grade uh, we grade uh, the hoo-hoo and the woo-woo and the stuff that killed Elvis. The kids use the term mid for stuff that's just okay. Mid. Mid what? Mid. You know, the kid, the guy from uh, Alabama, he had uh, that Mitchell kid. Did you tell me he was committed here at one time, Sean? Yeah, he was, as a sophomore, he committed to uh, Pruitt. He was going a hundred. He was going like a yeah. hundred and forty-one miles an hour from the police. That is fast, Sean. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that, that, you know, and that, that's a little dangerous. What Nick Saban says about yeah. Brandon Miller. Yeah, you know that guy will. That guy will probably only lose like a dessert for the first week of training camp. So you that think he'll be on the team? That kid's playing. Really? Oh yeah. No, dude. Well, you're talking about the same coach that. Brought in a kid for that Georgia threw out for domestic violence, and sat there and told everybody that would listen how, you know, Nick Saban in Alabama was the team of redemption and second chances and all that stuff. Bino said that's David Ferry down there with the Kennedy assassination. Thank you, Bino. Look that up. I want you all to look up David Ferry during the break. Kennedy assassination. That is the look I'm going for. Sean Sinclair is with us and will not be with us on our uh, TLD Logistics Overdrive, Overtime. But Cinco has been absolutely incredible today. Incredible. Bow your head. We'll come back. Maury Hanks joins us on the TLD Logistics Hotline. He says he's going to break these officials down, and then we'll continue the phone calls. Information like never before. We're laying it down. Laying it down today after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, 
garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohi Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hello and welcome back. 865-200-5402. Going to the garden party. We found out who's going to officiate the garden party. And that's what uh, they call it, the garden up there. The officials in the garden party... The officials in the in the garden potty, as uh, Marty Hanks on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com, are as follows. Jeb Hartness, Paul Sells, Larry Scarato, Brian Dorsey, A.J. Desai, Jeff Anderson, Clarence Armstrong is the alternate, alternate, now you've got me saying alternative, Bri, and, and I'll say that, and I'll say this. That's is, news to me. What's that? 
that I say it that way. Well, the smooth runner himself, Maury Hanks, as he was known in his neighborhood back in the day, uh, texted me when we were talking about this and said, Tony, I've, I've kind of got a line on these guys if you want me to jump on real quick with you. So, Mo, bring the goods to him. What, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to him? What happened to Mo? Brian, I hate to do this, but I'm in here by myself. Should I just should I text him back, or should he call me back, or let's have him call me back? Come on, Maury. What the, what happened, Maury? I mean, what what what's his thing? Hey, Mo, get a better phone and whatnot. And whatnot. I'm gonna go back to our phones while he's uh, reconnecting with us. I'll tell you what, he's reconnecting. Mo, what's up, man? Nothing, Tony. Sorry about that. You need to pay your phone bill, but uh, yeah, like I said. Uh, are you like on an ear? Are you on an earpiece or something? I'm having trouble uh, hearing you there, buddy. <clears throat> I got to train Mari here. How I got now. Yes, I got to train Mari. Brian, say, just like these yeah, officials so. have to go through training. Hey, Mo, uh, let's start with this Harkness guy. First of all, do you find this list to be a credible list that uh, that that we're uh, talking about here? Does that sound like that could be reality to you? That Jeb Harkness could Paul Sell, Scarado. Dorsey, Desai, and Anderson. Does that sound like that could be reality to you? Well, I know it is, Tony. I, mean, I don't give you bad information. Okay. I, I, I mean, All right. Clarence Armstrong should have sit at the table both days. Tony, if I, right. I'm, I'm pretty good. If I tell you something, it's going to happen. Tell me about Tell me about Hartness here. Hartness, uh, he's the only guy that I could find out of the six that will actually be working, have a chance to work, that did any Florida Atlantic games. I believe he worked two of their games early in the year. All right. Uh, he's mainly a Big 12 ACC official, but sometimes, you know, on an off night that he's not working, uh, the guy that schedules the conference USA, they'll go, they'll go and work that league. Uh, Paul Sells is mainly a Big 10 official. I couldn't find that he worked any, uh, Florida Atlantic or, uh, UT games. Larry Scarato is. Let, let me ask you something before you go rolling through those. Do they look for guys that haven't worked? a particular team's games that year, or do they want somebody on the floor that's familiar with each team? I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that, Tony. Um, but what I do know is that it, it, what they've, I've seen in the past is that's why I was kind of surprised in the UT-Duke game that mm-hmm. there wasn't a quote-unquote SEC main official in that game. Kip Kissinger used to work in it, mm-hmm. but he didn't work in the SEC games this year. And so you had an ACC guy. In A.J. Desai, you had Michael Greenstein, his all-West Coast, mm-hmm. and then Kip Kissinger. So I was kind of surprised there wasn't an SEC official, a main guy, in, in, in that uh, uh, game against Duke. NBA Super Scout, Global Sports, Maury Hanks joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline. We're talking about the officials' pool for tomorrow. and We're going through uh, who's done what. So he says Jeb Hartness to two FAU games earlier in the year. He's an ACC uh, official predominantly. Uh, so uh, we also have um, Paul Sells, who's a Big Ten guy, hasn't worked a game for either team. Now we're down to Larry Scarato, who I understand's a Big Ten guy. Has he done any games for either one of these teams not, this year? Not, not, not that I could find. And, and, and as, you're, uh, as you say, your living listener, uh, uh, Larry Scarato is kind of well-known for he was the police chief, Tony. He's from Pittsburgh. He was the police chief at Fort Lauderdale and ended up getting fired last year. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, I won't go into the details, but uh, 
he got fired and he, one thing he, he would he would they would be doing games he'd be in Denver Colorado doing a game and then the next night and I don't know how I you know how a guy like that I know these guys all have different jobs but not as big as the police chief of Fort Lauderdale Florida what uh, yeah you, you need to you need to look that up Tony and have got fired last year huh how do you go from being a police chief to a basketball right? No, he was doing them both, Brian. That's the point. Oh, These guys have avocations. You know, remember when the Kentucky fans went, went and destroyed that one official's uh, life? They destroyed his roofing company. They went on there. They went on Google and just blasted him with negative reviews. That's how low-rent Kentucky fans are. Y'all are disgusting. And y'all need to quit calling John Calipari a greaseball Italian because I take that personally while I still have hair. Mari Hanks moving along. Brian Dorsey. Brian Did, Dorsey didn't he, Brian didn't he do a couple of our games? I seem to remember him this year. He's done, from what I could find, he did two Tennessee games early in the year. I believe that was at Old Miss and at Texas A&M. Um, he did those games early in the year. He's mainly an ACC and SEC guy. Uh, as you talked about, A.J. Desai, uh, he did two Tennessee games. Uh, you know, before this weekend, one of them was, like I said, the Duke game. Yep. And the last referee is the guy I think is the best in, 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 in the six, Jeff Anderson. Yep. He's from upstate New York. Uh, he does a few SEC games. I couldn't find any Tennessee games that he did. Uh, his, his primary league is the Big East. And then he'll do, he'll, he'll do, you know, uh, Big Ten, ACC, things of that nature. But he's a primary, his primary league is the Big East. Do you believe that these guys? This is a good. Is this a good pull, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, out of the forty, I mean, you can't stick, you know, all the let's say crew chiefs, you know, and then there's then there's three other guys, Tony, that aren't there. Like right. all these referees arrive in New York today, and the guys that are working the games on Saturday will arrive on Friday. Wow. So once these guys work on Thursday, they'll go home. And then they'll wait to get a call next Monday to see if they're going to the Final Four. It's phenomenal. Did Greenstein and Kissinger make it to the Sweet 16, Mo? Do we know? I know Kip Kissinger did. I'm not. I don't have a list in front of me uh, that I sent you for uh, for uh, if, if Greenstein's on. I'm, I'm looking at that now, but I know Kip Kissinger did. A bunch of guys from the uh, Joe Lind- a bunch of SEC referees did. Joe Lindsay did. Pat Adams did. They're just in. They're just in different. Uh, they're in different regions. Mo Hanks, you're the man. I look- this is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
The Mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The arts and crafts and flea market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The arts and crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the flea market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.